0: Alex, how are you today, man?
1: I'm doing great. Uh I've got my 2 p.m. coffee and uh yeah. my sons just got home from an indoor playground with my wife. So they're super tired out and about to go take a nap, which means a little bit. So I'm doing great.
0: How are you? I I'm fantastic. Uh I have not I don't have a coffee, but I do have a I have a Coke Zero. So if Ooh. they want to just spot... If they wanted to sponsor us on the pod. I'd uh, I'd be down, but I don't One think uh, we're getting. I don't think we're rolling with that yet. Um, <laughs> Not yeah, quite. So, Not quite. <laughs> bro, just tell us tell us a little bit about who you are. Maybe a little bit about your story. Um, if anyone watching this, this is conversations. It's literally if Alex and I were at coffee uh, and having a conversation, whether we're talking about life, marriage, ministry. Uh, whatever we're talking about. Um, but yeah, tell us a little bit about who you are, your story, even.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, in, inviting me to a virtual coffee, Uh I'm, I'm yeah. glad we're getting to catch up a little bit. We've like interacted a little bit. But uh, thanks for inviting me on. Thanks for listening, watching those of you that are that are watching and stuff. Um, yeah. So my name is Alex Huber. Um, I'm almost 30. My wife turns 30 actually in a couple months. So she's a little bit older than me and I'm giving her a pretty hard time about that. (laughs) Um, yeah. So I've spent the bat the past decade right about, uh, just really pursuing God's will for my life. And, uh, I had a pretty radical moment my senior year of high school. I was a pastor's kid, but kind of typical pastor's kid, like didn't really like the church because of what i'd seen happen um so i was planning on going to law school had a uh, go to lsu with scholarships and different stuff and had this radical moment with god and knew that that wasn't what i was supposed to do with my life and um had to have some really hard conversations with principals and advisors and got told yeah that in your life you're stupid you know what do you mean god spoke to you like all that fun stuff which when you're 18, 18, and hearing an adult say that, it's like, wow, thanks for the, thanks for the confidence boost. <laughs> right, um, right. So yeah, just then for the next several years, I, I worked for a, um, an organization that uh, just helped support churches and and build up churches and things. And so I traveled around, got a ton of different experience in different church environments. So smaller churches, larger churches, new churches, established churches. Um, really just, I kind of have the mindset, especially, uh, I feel like me and my wife are kind of leaving this phase now, but I'm kind of of the mindset. Somebody told me when I was just kind of starting out on my own in life, like in your twenties, just get experience, just, you know, say yes, Mm -hmm. go out there. So I kind of, it was really random there for a long time, but I, I know now, you know, God was orchestrating all of that, uh, met my wife and actually, as I was working at a church and she moved three years and we, we were just kind of friends, um, didn't really go on any and then reconnected actually while she and started dating long distance, did that for 18 months. And at the wow. same time, uh, yeah, I would not recommend it. Um, that, <laughs> no. yeah, it, it, was, it was super difficult, but I got to go there a couple times. So that was cool. Um and right around the same time that she was moving, uh we we got married right when she moved back. And then we also co found church. We planted a church with my parents. And so uh for the past about six years or so up until actually this past Sunday, which is a, a huge deal, uh we yeah. were um the way we called it is senior pastor, lead pastor. So my parents were mm-hmm. uh, you know, the ultimate kind of uh they were the, the top of the structure, but me and my wife led all of our team, mm. staff, all that sort of thing. So we did that for almost right at six years. And, um, Just got to, I know you know a lot about that. You've been involved with multiple church plants, I think, and um, yep. just all the blood, sweat and tears, you know, the 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 highs and lows that come with that, um, especially during COVID, you know, right? not really set up for online church and stuff when COVID hit, just a huge learning curve. Um, and also for me, like, I feel like I was just, just kind of learning how to lead people a little bit. And then it's kind of, (laughs) Oh, now you have to learn how to do things in a completely different way. And, um, so yeah, so up until this past weekend, and then we actually, um, announced that we resigned as lead pastors and are still going to be involved with that church. That's going to be our home church, but to more of a itinerant ministry and then actually uh, really believe in God to provide where we can do more online ministry. So I really have a heart mm-hmm. for um, what I call digital discipleship. I think other people may use that term too, but just creating resources for people. I know how much I've grown spiritually from you know podcasts and YouTube videos and all these different things. And Um, I just really see a need out there. Like there's a lot of stuff out there, but in comparison to how much content there is state marketing or whatever, it's, there's really not a ton, you know, there's, there's definitely room for more. And, um, I just think we're going to online. So yeah, that's, that's kind of our story. So I'm, you know, married for, uh, we'll be married five years in December, have two sons, Xander and major um, Xander's two majors, six months. So we're, we're like in the, in the parent life right now, dirty diapers and meltdowns and all that good stuff. So yeah, that's, that's the, the semi quick version.
0: No, I love it. There's so much to unpack. I think, um, for anyone watching, I think it's really cool for just, I mean, I've probably done 30 to 40 of these and just how different each story is. Uh, And you can just see God's hand working through, like literally start to finish. And it's just cool. Even like uh, right now, we originally had this scheduled for last week, but how different the conversation will be this week as compared to last week um, as this Sunday, Sunday where you resign from your current role. I think it's just so cool. Um, So I'm super interested in what you said. You said digital discipleship for anyone Mm -hmm. not who doesn't understand what that is, uh, maybe they're 60 years old and they're going to their church, they have a Facebook maybe, and they're just posting pictures of their grandkids once every two weeks. Tell tell us a little bit about what that is, because I'm obviously familiar, but maybe somebody else mm-hmm. isn't.
1: The, the way that I like to look at it, especially if someone's maybe um, you know a little bit older than me and you, is I think it's just the next wave of... Um, reaching people via media so go we had the printing press and a lot of people may not realize this but when the printing press came out and the gutenberg bible was printed it was actually very controversial and because people thought like hey the priest has to read the bible like the bible at the at the church like that's the holy one i, I can't just take this home. holy this is too big of a deal um and then same thing with Preachers, You know, I, uh, my dad has told me stories that he heard kind of from his dad, uh, like when radio preachers first started, um, there were people that were like scripture. It's like, well, the, the devil's the, the prince and the power of the air. So like, if you're, if you're over the airwaves, then, then it's like oh, the devil or something. And then you have, you know, televangelist. And, and so, uh, all of those forms are are very accepted and it's just like, you know, everybody is, is kind of familiar and okay with it. And so I think now same things with YouTube and social media outlets and different stuff where people are kind of like, is this okay? Like, is this real, real Christianity? Is this real discipleship? And I'm very committed to being in a, in a local physical church. And I think that's um, Mm -hmm. great for everyone, but, we're being realistic and I've been a lead pastor for the past years and so even Even in my own church there's limitations of you're only going to be able to speak so often throughout the week and in that in that preaching um say you have you know typical church probably 35 to 40 minutes say 30 minutes uh you can only cover so much content because even in that you're going to have maybe five minutes at the beginning that's like an introduction maybe five minutes at a closing And um, so I think people, again, compared to the amount of content people are taking in every other sphere of their life. So they're constantly taking in social media, constantly taking in uh, Netflix, constantly taking in uh, podcasts that are like maybe Mm -hmm. dramatized podcasts or NPR, like whatever. And I'm just saying they're taking in a ton of content, whereas maybe they're only hearing... 30 minutes of a sermon at their church and in that 30 minutes it's pretty much monologue like there's not a lot of questions and answers and group but even that just kind of one time a week mm-hmm. and so i really have a heart for you know we can uh not that we're necessarily in competition like oh we gotta you know we gotta fight against all the the, the devil content out there you know all the but i do think there's just something about what you're taking in. And I know, I think you even made a post about this recently, like social media, how you can get comparison and anxiety and different things. Um And so it does affect you like what you take in. And so I just yeah. really have a heart for how do we just go where people already are. Being, you know, so many times in church, we, we want people to, come to our thing, like come to our event, even, even non-believers. It's like, Hey, come to our thing. Then we're going to mm-hmm. tell you about Jesus. Then we're going to, and, um, I just think it's way better when you just go where people are. So let's go to TikTok. Let's yeah. go to YouTube and try to get this, this message, you know, the, the, the best message in the world, um, as possible.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's so good. I mean, for anyone who I think has opposition, I think there, there's definitely times to, to challenge things and to ask questions and to understand, because I've definitely had my moments where I just want to delete social media. I want to be the mm. pastor who just is in his church and talks about how bad it is. But it just, I don't think, like you think about every, like you are just talking about, the history of the local church, even with Paul using letters and forms of mail to communicate a message, Mm -hmm. uh, I just think it's imperative. And when I think about the church or when I think about uh, Jesus followers, I think about people who should be pioneering the best creative ideas, the best music, the best leadership podcast, Mm -hmm. the best whatever it is. I think that what we've done is we've just taken – like a a JV version of whatever people who don't believe in Jesus make. And then we're, we're just the cheesy copycats, you know? And it's like, yeah, I think now is a great time to see true uh, pioneers come through. And I think we've seen that in, uh, I'm just excited for you in this season to kind of jump out. Um, And even if you're watching this, um, Alex, tell us a little bit about like what that looked like for you. Cause I'm sure that was a big step for you, your wife, um, even obviously your pastors, your parents, um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that jump.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just before I do what you said, that cheesy version, I, I don't know like how you grew up, but I knew like when I was growing up, like music, it was always like, okay, what's the, what's the of NC? what What's the yep. Christian version of, you know, whatever, what's yep. the Christian version of Eminem? Like, okay, we have, we have to get like the, the JV. I love, um, yes. So, yeah, for us, it definitely was a, it, it probably, we probably started thinking about it, feeling, praying, like, about a year ago, um, and it, it seemed like we just couldn't get clarity, because my dad was going to go through a really bad sickness um, through November through, like, March-ish, and um, I really feel like God just kind of didn't give us the next step, because we just really needed to, to stay. And, and really put our head down during that season um but yeah I, I for me it was very interesting because when we planted oasis and people would always ask me i'm like this is my thing like i'm gonna be here forever you, you know this is i feel called to the city um we're we're you know we're here and um it was very interesting because i started to feel just that that like uh and people that aren't as like church may not get these terms of that like grace that um that like Mm -hmm. burden for like not that i loved it any less or that i was like mad at anyone or anything but i just didn't have that same um really that weight that i think if you're a a a leader especially a senior leader in in a spiritual environment you have kind of this weight where you're like Mm -hmm. leading these people i'm guiding these people um in in very heavy things spiritual things and so i kind of started to feel that lift and so i was in this between season of like okay i feel like i'm not really doing that great of a job of being like a senior leader but i don't really know like what else i'm supposed to be doing and um and so we just begin to pray into it and i actually went on a time of uh three days of prayer and fasting that i uh got an airbnb close to our house so that i could like be away but still be close enough if my wife needed me like an emergency with the boys or whatever and just uh didn't do any movies or music or anything like that, just like praying, fasting, uh listening to worship music. And I just really felt um God begin to get uh clarity and direction. But also mm-hmm. the thing is I began to feel a confidence. And that was the indicator I knew we should take this step because for me, I'm a very much a planner. I'm very much like, you know, begin with the end in mind, like work your way backwards. Right. We we you know, we got to check off these six things before we get started. So to say, hey, we're going to leave this ministry position we're in without necessarily having something to step into right away, just for me naturally would never I would never and so when I begin to get that through those three days, like I just begin to get such a confidence and, um, mm-hmm. and such a faith. And that was like the indicator for me because I just knew of what my like natural human desires. And I'm like, OK, if I feel this excited about it and this confident about it of like me just hyping myself up could do that because <laughs> you know how we can do right. sometimes like we can just like man this could be great this can be awesome um and and then when i came home on that third day and began to share with my wife's kind of some of the vision and some of the things i would written down and stuff she had that same just uh like let's do this let's and um so yeah we that confidence is really the thing edge and then of yeah. course we started to talk with like people um you know our parents and different like uh spiritual voices we've we've let into our life and of course they were like somewhat or like if they were just like immediately like yeah sounds good i'd kind of be like did you think about it like did you actually pray <laughs> right. about it um but they were like no you know we've we've seen that. and uh even when we had, it's like there were people in our church that of course they were kind of a little like bummed and a little surprised and stuff but they were mm-hmm. like we've actually thought you know thought that this would happen or like this like we're so excited for you and all those things were just like assurance that we made that right decision
0: yeah well i think it's something that my wife and i because we're right on the other side of a very very similar season as you guys uh and there's just wind behind the season i think like Mm -hmm. And on to the next season, like we were, we were feeling this tug. We were feeling a confidence, like you even said about our next step in our life as a married couple. And then there's this wind behind it. Like conversations were easy. Um, people were in agreement with us. Um, what I even found too, was God was preparing people's hearts much more before I even wow. brought it up. We're, wow. we're sitting at dinner with couples and about to tell them, hey, this is our season of transition. Like, here's what's happening. And they all just smile and they're like, we knew it. And uh, just the just the reassurance of knowing that um, God does speak through the multitude, um, like scripture says, wow. and um, us having counsel is imperative. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about that. I think that's something in our generation uh, that I think is, definitely over spoken about how we don't honor or we don't listen, um, which I think can be true in moments, but I also think we do a, a great job of that. So, um, as a pastor, as a leader, talk to me about, um, a scenario or even right now, what it means to honor people in your life who, um, are speaking into you.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, that's something that we be, because like you said it's so said about our generation that like we're not that way um, mm-hmm. and we obviously wanted to do it anyways but on top of that we're like hey we, we want to be so intentional that we make sure we honor people that we make sure we do things with clarity that we don't um, cause any confusion for the church or like any disruption so we of course uh the to my parents first who are our pastors so one thing that was very important to me is i didn't want to talk to even very close friends of mine them to be the first people that i brought this to of here's what we're feeling here's what we're praying about um one because i uh the most important is because i i honor them and want to know what they have to say but also i just wouldn't want them to hear it from someone or mm-hmm. wouldn't want them to feel like, oh, well, they're everybody else's opinion, you know, before our opinion. And very intentional with that uh, of where I, I went to them first. um, And then I, I think what I've found kind of on the other side of like being a pastor is a lot of people, when they come to you for advice, they they're really just looking for affirmation. And they're really mm-hmm. just wanting you to be like, yeah, that's great. Um. yeah go marry that person yeah take that job I've found that s- sometimes people will just they'll just go around until someone affirms them so they'll they'll go to you and ask for advice but then if you are like hey I'm not sure about that or let's pray about that or whatever they'll maybe go so we like we would have you know again this personal maybe come ask me something and I'd be like no I don't think it's a good idea and then they'd kind of go ask like elders and i'd be like wait like why you know and it's kind of that whole thing like if you were when when you were a kid like you'd ask and they'd say no so you'd go to the other parent and be like hey what do you think and then if they said yes you'd go back and be like i said i could so um so i i'm very big on like find people that you want to speak in your life and people now they may not be forever like i have people in my life that spoke into my life at one seat but no longer do. So it's, it's not necessarily a forever commitment. But I think I You need to have like, okay, these are the three people or I, I think it's great if you're married, if you can have like couples, like these are the three couples that they're going to speak into our life. And yes, other people can give us, uh, yes, we can take wisdom and stuff from other people, but actually going to like put weight behind. So we're not going to say, okay, well these three people, but that So we're going to, now we're going to find a a new mentor or a new pastor Mm -hmm. or a new elder in our life or whatever. Um, So I think, you know, for those maybe somebody find those people and then, you know, let them know like, Hey, you know, just constantly like, Hey, I, I trust what, uh, what you say. Like, I I believe in what you say for me, like other people that are other pastors that speak into my life, you know, I'm like, why? their sermons i'm i'm texting them like man that was so good like um you know thank you for bringing that word like i i uh last night one of the the men in my life um who is like truly i'm just like why are you calling he called me like nine o'clock at night i'm like i do not like deserve this right (laughs) yeah i'm like the whole conversation i'm just like you know bishop like thank you so much like i really appreciate that like thank you for and um, just because, again, I want to almost kind of counterbalance that idea. Of, like, oh, millennials, you know, they're just entitled or they just are like Gen Z. They're just this or they're, they're just that. Um, and so, yeah, I think finding like I think probably probably like three at least and like maybe no more than five like. Or couples kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then just figuring out like, you know see if you can like take them out to dinner and pay for their meal or it like e- even if you know like man these people make probably quadruple what i make. about it's about you know how can you send them like gift or can you send them mm-hmm. whatever as you're trying to show them like hey your your voice is so important in my life that i want to do whatever i can to like thank you for your input and then I'll just say, I know i kind of been rambling on, but I think the last thing too no. is just like, Great. listen, like actually listen. One of the greatest things you can do to honor somebody is actually listen when they say something. Say, um, hey, I think you need to fast and pray about it. And then the next time you talk to them, they're like, hey, well, what did you think? And you're like, oh, well, I haven't had really a chance to like fast about it yet or pray about it. It's like, well, then why are we like, in my mind, I'm like, then why are we having this like I that's what I told and so to me um yeah like that that's one of the most honoring things you can do is like well hey when we got off that phone call the next day I started to fast and I've been praying and fasting Mm -hmm. and like I wrote how how much do you want me to tell you because I'm like I'm ready to tell you right I think that that will then start reciprocal type of thing where they want to pour into you more and they want to invest in you or because they've seen that you appreciate it and that you actually, like, do something with it.
0: Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, I mean, everything you're saying is so good, and I hope I hope everyone who's listening is taking notes. Hint, hint, you probably should. And if you haven't, you're 10 minutes in, restart it. I won't care. I'm not looking at stats. But um, everything you're saying is so great, and I think submission – Um, is a true, not only just concept through scripture, but Mm -hmm. in my personal journey, and obviously in hearing your story, like that's that's how any type of elevation or any growth that's happened in a specific area in my life is literally, I can point it back to a conversation that I've had with somebody or even um, listening to somebody without the conversation. Having a pastor pull me aside, hey, bro, insert any confrontation um,
1: <laughs> and, right. and,
0: and accepting it and not being, not being a baby about it, but like receiving it, listening. Yes, sir. Yes, pastor. A hundred percent. You're right. Um, and I think that that takes us way more um, way farther than I could ever try to manipulate any conversation or just go to the people who would say yes to me anyways, the yes men in our lives, uh, which is mm. good sometimes, you know, like sometimes you just need a bro. Um, to have a conversation, you're like, "Hey, I know I'm wrong, but can you just please affirm me for like two minutes, and then we can go back into it." (laughs) Um, That's so so true. I, I think you're one of the best, and I'm not just giving, I'm not beating you compliments today, but I do think this is something to know. I do think you're one of the best communicators, um, around right now, and I did want to go into a little bit about communication. Um, I love watching um, your sermons, your clips, even this conversation. You have a cadence, you have a rhythm, you, you're you specific about everything you say and how you say it. Uh, I'm always interested Man, to hear so about much. the grassroots. Where did all that start? Um, were you handed a mic when you were 15? And they're like, <laughs> hey, figure it out. Were you 20 when you figured it out. Tell us a little bit about your communication journey because uh, I'm always interested in that.
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate that so much. I mean, I know you're connected with some of the the best in the world. So, yeah, that I, I really, really appreciate that. Um, and you're an amazing creator as, as well. I've been, been learning a lot from you online. Um, yeah, my story, I mean, one, I grew up in church um, all the time. So, we were in church two or three times a week um and denomination that i don't 100% agree with all of their beliefs these days but they did have and and still do I, some of my favorite preachers are still a part of that denomination even though we don't agree on everything doctrinally um just an amazing heritage of preaching it's just that they mm-hmm. put a very high value on preaching um the, the word of god but also the the style and the effectiveness of preaching so i grew up in that my my dad you know has has been preaching my whole life um but i i never did you know i i wasn't the kid that was preacher his whole life like i said earlier and it wasn't until and and even in uh my kind of earlier years of high school and stuff i wasn't um you know a person that was kind of in front of everybody, or like you know, leading the church, and all these different things, but um, yeah, I when I was like 16, we had a youth, uh, we called it like a youth led Sunday, so they would have several different like teenagers speak, and then the youth pastor would kind of close it out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ask me, um, because it's, I think, I think it's kind of one of those things, pastor's son has to be one of the three, or they're gonna feel like he's like a alien yep. or something like that. <laughs> And one of the Tied things, one, he, bro. yeah, one of the things that, he, or he told all of us, and I still use this advice like to every is, is he said find, uh, find three different preachers, who you just receive from them. So it may not necessarily be anything in particular, but you just connect with, mm-hmm. receive from, from them. them. Um, so because there's something inside of you that's like awake. So find those three different people and then just study the crap out of them, basically. So I, you know, yeah. at that point at 16, I still didn't want to be a preacher. So I didn't start this process till I was probably like 19 or 20. At When I did, when I was 19, 20, um, I could, the the certain speakers that I followed, I could tell you exactly how they write their sermons, how they do their training. How they mm-hmm. read scriptures, you know, stuff. like e- even different passages where, like, oh yeah, this is the point they pulled out of that or whatever. And I think I- I'm not sure who said it, but um, that that whole quote of like uh or innovation type of thing. So I just learned mm-hmm. how to imitate well, and I never did because one, because my dad would have probably slap me upside the head, but I copied sermons, but I definitely copied like style yeah, like that. Um, and yeah. And then I think you're kind of figuring out all those things. Then you start to pull. Okay. But what is really my voice? Uh, not just mm-hmm. echoing someone else. So I would love to be as funny as this person, but I'm really not that funny. Or I would love to, be like as emotional and like cry in every sermon as this person, but that's not really me, you know, finding those different things. And, uh, and then creating kind of your own formula of this is how, you know, when I look at a text, this is how I start to break it down. This is how I like to structure. It's sermons or or leadership lessons or, or any of that. Um, um, and then the last thing is I, I think just, just getting like what I say, getting your rep. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I'm so thankful for this season of uh, of our because and this isn't just been a blessing to us is i I don't know many people that are my age able to preach and communicate on a Sunday to a mixed audience of you know several hundred people at least um basically every other Sunday for the past six years and at certain times, right. you know. 12 weeks in a row, 10 weeks in a row, whatever. And there's just something that you can't, you can't learn. You have to do that. Like the mm-hmm. the putting together a new sermon every week and not copying what you said, like four weeks ago, because the same people are going to be <laughs> listening. And especially if you're like our church where you have like multi-generational. So we have like, we call them some season saints and like, and, um, so you're like, Oh yeah should have saved that for this week. Um, that there's just like, uh, um, you know, like I said, it's been a blessing. There's just like a, uh, you start to get in a rhythm, a routine, you start to figure out like, Hey, this is kind of where things like you said, I think earlier, like that, um, that wind behind it, that momentum behind mm-hmm. it. Um, so yeah, I guess all the just finding those people that you can kind of emulate at first and yeah, and getting your reps in. And, and I did like when I first started, um, in my early twenties, 21 through probably 23, um, higher years, but there were certain times where I I didn't have any opportunities to. And at that time, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that would have been like 2014. So I I don't even think video was on Instagram yet. So there wasn't even really social media platforms to kind of do it on. Um, nobody was preaching on YouTube or anything. So I just did, I, one day, I'm gonna be preaching consistently at that time, like looking towards being a youth pastor. That was kind of like the mm-hmm. the audience I was thinking a message every week. And I would uh base I mean it's easy, pretty funny, but I would preach it just to myself in yeah. that routine of I have to put in that work every so that it becomes easier every time. And um, so that when I did get the opportunities, it was like yeah, let's go. I'm, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. And then I also had like a, you know, a, which that was nice too. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, th- even that last thing you just said, I think that's something that I would advise any person, no matter if you're a preacher, if you're a leader, if you want to start a coffee shop, like act like you're in the job before you're at the mm. job. Like, I think there's, I think there's some confidence to that. And I think that um, if you're, cause When you get on a platform, people can tell if you've been there or you haven't. Have literally been on a platform before or been on a stage or been in a business seat, Um, but you could have been five years before that um, when you're processing it with somebody or creating new ideas. So that's so good. And I I do have to share a super funny story um, about communication. So um, because. Communication is as only effective as the person receiving it. They have to be able to understand what you're saying. So it was like maybe eight months ago, I was preaching a message on freedom, like clear Mm -hmm. as day. Like this is, this is a, not a cakewalk, but a true, um, yeah, it's a sermon on freedom. Like I I truly wanted people to walk out with freedom. So this guy walks up to me, he's like 60 and he goes, Hey man, I'm so thankful you preached on freedom. Um, I'm no longer a U.S. citizen, and I was like, "What?" He was like, um, "I am no longer bogged down by the United States and their laws. I'm a free man." And I was like, "I don't, I don't think we're think, I don't think we're thinking about this two different freedoms here, bro." <laughs> I was like, "I'm not, oh my I'm not gosh. talking about." american freedom um in the laws and the liberties and the pursuit of happiness i'm talking about uh god and his freedom so that was he comes up to you like
1: amen brother i've been thinking that same thing literally I'm, my like, house is my own country now i'm i'm sovereign yeah. land
0: bro he was telling me about how they like sell our names and our birth certificates to oh, people. Man. And he was like, I stole my birth certificate back. And so that he's was been watching uh, too much YouTube. Yes. He's been doing uh, something too much. I don't know what it is, but um, <laughs> no, it's so good. Uh, so you've been married five years. You said I've been married uh, like 14 months. So I have so much to learn from you. Give me like one to two marriage tips. Um, that I could take to the bank.
1: Oh, man. Um, that is a good question. I need to bring my wife in here and let her tell you. Um, <laughs> one for sure, one thing that helped me in some counseling that I was doing is whenever we have uh, like we get offended at our spouse or we get upset, like a lot of times like the root of like arguments is they said, uh, this was like the line my spouse is not the problem. My spouse reveals the problem in me. Mm. Wow. What they were saying was, is like, um, say for instance, uh, spouse like forgets something that's important, like forgets like an important date to you or something. And you start getting like all upset. And you're like, I can't believe they would do that. It's really probably not that big of a deal, but that's probably triggering um, something from your past like someone overlooked you someone didn't value you maybe an accumulation of like years of that and so they may not even realize like that whole part of your life and story and everything you may not even realize it and that little thing they said just sparked that inside of you um so that was that's like a big one that revealed because i was just in that time i was just working through so much junk from like my childhood and teenage years Mm and bullying different things um so yeah and i think um just making sure like uh values are aligned that's super simple but um i think a lot of people don't um you know we we look at you know well career and how many kids do you want different things like all of those are good but all of that could change so quickly you know you could mm-hmm. want to change careers or Maybe unfortunately, you know, like my my in laws, actually my wife's parents, they fertility for nine years. We're told for years and years that they would never have kids. So maybe unfortunately, yeah. you're not able to have kids. So the number of kids isn't so much as important as like the value of like, oh well, we want to be parents. So that mm-hmm. can translate to any different situation you're in versus just this kind of like little quick. Well, we're gonna do X, Y, Z, and so yeah, I would just say like you know, talk about, especially if you're, before you get married, but after, you know, is tithing a value, you know, mm-hmm. is being, it's a value, is being planted in a local church of value, is physical health of, um, is mental health a value, like those different things, because the values can change and adapt for different situations. Whereas if you just set I'm gonna be keto forever. Like I don't think anybody's ever said that, but like I'm gonna be keto, <laughs> I'm gonna be no. keto forever. And it's like uh well probably you're probably not gonna be keto forever.
0: Probably not. Maybe yeah. you
1: have a value for health or dieting or, or whatever. So yeah, right. I, that would be two that hopefully help help somebody no, I know you you have an amazing marriage. I I already know. But thank you me to give you some advice anyways
0: yeah i i'll take it as much as i can i uh, i need it my wife is um highly blessed josh come on don't don't go there already <laughs> just kidding um bro the last questions, super important number one what's your beard routine like it's so full mm. so nice did you like how did that happen because i'm working on it and I have a goal, just to let you know, and I need to make this public so everyone can hold me accountable.
1: Accountability, Once, come on.
0: Bro, when I hit 155, I'm shaving it off and keeping the stash for like a week because it'll grow back. But, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about your beer routine because it seems very imperative.
1: Um, So uh, it's a uh, 5-in-1 body wash. Uh, yep. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, uh, <laughs> Um, so I, yeah, I honestly, I have a beard brush and I use a face lotion that has sunscreen in it because I'm, uh, now getting to that point in my life where I'm starting to get some wrinkles. So I'm trying to, trying to keep up that moisturizer and, uh, yeah, I just, I just and, um, brush, brush it out and try to keep it halfway trimmed up with my little, my little beard trimmers. That's, that's about
0: it. What? What would it look like if you didn't shave for a month?
1: Um It would it wouldn't be super big. It th- okay. this is probably like 2 weeks of growth. So yeah, it it wouldn't be it wouldn't be super big. But the thing is, come on, just with this here on the here on the Conversations podcast, we get vulnerable guys. We talk about the real yes. stuff is yes. is I'm still a little patchy right here. So mm-hmm. what will happen this is actually like the back like my neck almost is where i first started growing hair so it'll yeah. all grow here and then be like thin right here and it just it just doesn't look good my my wife doesn't like it like this is about as long as she wants it so pretty short for her cuz that's that's really all that
0: matters yeah that is all that matters my wife is the opposite she wish she wishes i could i would grow it out for like 10 years and be uh, one of those. It's not going to happen. The, like uh, the, right, like last, the
1: ponytail holder at the yes. bottom?
0: Bro, I'm Todd White Jr. I'm telling you. I'm not Come playing on. games. I'm going to get some dreads. I'm rocking it. Not. Um, <laughs> last co- Last question here. Texas barbecue. Okay? So yes. I've, had, I've had Texas barbecue. Uh, I've had Kansas City barbecue, obviously. Um, so you're a Texan. Tell me, tell me why the Texas barbecue is the best. But if you don't, you don't have to publicly announce that it's not the best. Um, but if it isn't, give me a context of why as well.
1: I go that- back. The, the Texans have just been doing it the longest. I mean, like okay. you, you know, that they they didn't have anything else to eat, so they just be like, hey, True. we got some old meat, like. That, that's what a lot of barbecue is like—the meat that you can't eat any other any other way. So they have to cook it yep. for like ten hours so that it's edible. <laughs> um, right. So that's kind of how it started. But I don't know if I've actually ever had like true Kansas City barbecue. I've had a lot of you mm. know Memphis. Uh, I've yep. had obviously Texas, but I I do like the does does Kansas City is it like saucy?
0: It's yes. So it's saucy, I, but it's also. Bro, they can, they can get down. I I definitely think Dallas, when I was in Dallas, and I made a mistake, Alex. I, I told Kansas City people that Texas barbecue was better than that.
1: Ooh. And,
0: bro, it was like 10 minutes before I was going to go on and preach to their church. And the lead no, pastor dumb. pulls me. Dude, he pulled me aside and said, hey, I'm just going to be honest. Don't ever say that again in our church. And... <laughs> So it was a pri- <laughs> private rebuke, not public. I'm thankful, um, but bro, Texas barbecue is just too good.
1: It is. It is. No, that's that's a great communication. That is a great, uh, a great point because there there's like you can poke a little bit, but there's certain people like that's like because uh, I grew up in Louisiana. Yep. Like if I was preaching in a Louisiana church and I got up in uh, yeah. LSU sucks, you know. Full <laughs> tide. Yep. I might as well just quit. Like if people would, yep. li- would probably get up and openly rebuke me in in church if I did. That's a, a oh, great yeah. tip. Don't you don't don't talk about people's fu- don't talk about people's nope. food. Don't talk about people's wives and yeah. That just stay stay away just from those.
0: Basically, don't talk about people at all in your sermon. <laughs> Great <laughs> stick with the bible this is why you need to stick, stick with the bible stick with the bible because uh yeah i mean i'm in idaho and obviously you think idaho you think potatoes um nobody got the joke nobody cared they were like bro i don't i haven't touched a potato in 10 years um so that was that was cool so alex if you ever come to nebraska to preach when you come to nebraska don't bring up corn nobody cares about corn I live in a city. I have a, we have a population of a million people. So we'll end with that.
1: Yeah, everybody's like in their in their like skinny <laughs> jeans and like beanies yep. and tattoos. And you're like, Yeah, all you corn farmers out there.
0: <laughs> Bro, yeah. you'd be surprised.
1: That, that's like the thing when people uh, like when my wife was in Australia and stuff like, like ride horses like to the grocery store. <laughs> And yep. same, same thing, like you said, I mean, Austin's got like, I think close to 3 million people now in the metro area. So it's like we, we've we probably got more Teslas than, than horses around right. here right now. Yep.
0: It is 2022, folks. Alex, thanks so much for being on, bro. I hope that um, you had fun just as much as I did. Um, it, it was super fun. And I hope that anyone listening to this, you got a lot out of it. Um, I'm sure Alex and I could sit probably for four hours and have conversations, which we do offline, but we don't need to get into it. Um, yeah. but yeah, thanks for being on, man.
1: Well, Hey, thank you, dude. This is such an, uh, an amazing thing that you're doing. I, um, I'm super passionate about anything we can do to like get more people's story out there and get more, because mm-hmm. I think everybody has like something they can add to yeah. conversations and add to people. So yeah, just thank you for doing this and bringing on different voices and and um to to be on here super um yeah hope hopefully can talk some more like you said all
0: yeah boom thanks so much for being on bro